Welcome to Historical Baptist FC, life and ministry from a historical Baptist perspective. I'm Robert Klotz, senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Talladega. I'm Heath, but I don't have a mic. You probably heard Heath, uh, <laughs> associate pastor here at First Baptist Church. Uh, and today our guest is Virgil Walker, uh, who, well, let's see if I can get this long list correct. Executive Director of Operations for G3 Ministries. Correct. Uh, that's the title Google had, so I hope that's right. That's right. Uh, the co-host of the Just Thinking podcast yep. and uh, the author of Just Thinking About the State, which yep. is why we brought you here today. Well, yeah. It's not why we brought you here. You're here for revival. But um, we wanted to get you in uh, while we had you to come talk about uh, separation of church and state in yeah. particular. We've yeah. been walking through the Baptist distinctives and separation of church and state is the last one on the list, so we'll have to mm. go back and cover a few. But uh, if we've got the guy who authored the book, you, right. can't, you right. can't miss the opportunity. Right. Um, so introduce yourself a little bit, and then I got a long list of questions. Awesome. To ask you, so. Well, hopefully I'll be able to answer all those. Uh, Virgil Walker, like you said, I'm uh, Executive Director, Director of Operations for G3 Ministries. Um, man, I'm excited to be here, excited to be with you guys uh, tonight and looking forward to, to revival and, and what God's going to do in that space and place. Um, don't know that there's a whole lot about me. I, I do a lot of things. I'm, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, got involved in, in the podcast world with Daryl Harrison, the Just Thinking podcast. It's uh, one of the top 10 Christian podcasts in the country. Uh, we talk about a number of different issues. Uh, primarily, I think we're known uh, in the area of social justice and critical race theory. We talk about that. Our book, however, that just came out is all about the state. It's about uh, kind of taking a look, having a biblical lens uh, at, at government, state government, uh, and, and really the biblical worldview that, that a believer should have as they approach issues re related to government. For so, sure, yeah. for sure. Well, uh, you know, full disclosure, we are maybe crossing our fingers that some of your audience will see the tag on Facebook yeah. and come over and give yeah, us a listen. I, yeah, so. <laughs> absolutely. I'll make sure it gets tagged. We'll do that. Absolutely. Um, so let me, let me just start, I guess, with a basic uh, question. If we're talking about separation of church and state, how would you define separation of church and state? What yeah. does that mean? What, yeah. are, what are we talking about yeah. when we say that? Yeah, I think I think the idea behind that, for the most part, is, is again, most people know is kind of a misnomer. It's not something that's written into the Constitution. It's not something that's a part of the bylaws of, or anything like that. What it is, is it's the idea, really, that, that the state should have no involvement and overthrow what, what, what church is about and what we should be doing. And I, I think what happens in culture more times than not is the idea around that gets used to say that, you know, if you have a firm founded belief in, in the Judeo-Christian worldview, that you cannot be involved in some, in, in, in some aspect of government or that you shouldn't bring your ideas about Christ or about church into the government sphere. And that's just absolutely incorrect. So, um, is there a, uh, a biblical basis, you would say, for our belief about separation of church and state? Is that entirely historical, philosophical? What, what is sort of our basis, if we're going to call this a Baptist distinctive, right. uh, and, you know, we do, uh, why, why is that distinctively Baptist? Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, that's a great question. I, I, I don't know that I would say it's distinctively Baptist. I probably shouldn't say that on this, this particular podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but I, would, I would argue that it that is distinctively biblical. And, yeah. and I, would, I would look from a biblical standpoint and say that uh, we actually are representative of a kingdom, and that is the kingdom of God. And, and as a result of that idea and understanding of, of worldview as it relates to, to Christ and Him crucified and what we're supposed to be advancing, uh, we have a responsibility to live a life that that looks like, smells like, feels like Christ within the political sphere, and so we have a responsibility to to know what our Bible says and to act in in, in, in a manner that that's reflective. Yeah, for sure. Well, let me just.
just give you a heads up about something that is fundamentally true about the Historical Baptist FC podcast, and that is that we believe a thing we be, because we believe that we're right, and that's something we say all the time. <laughs> um, that uh, you know, th- this becomes a Baptist distinctive because it is a biblical distinctive, right. and the fact that it's biblical means that it's Baptist because right. we're people of the book. Okay, uh, and in that, I see you know, what you we're did. right. And yeah, whatever, I see what you did there. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, now I, I think that brings up another interesting point in that when we talk about all these Baptist distinctives, whether we're talking about uh, our belief in the sufficiency the scriptures, sure. um, or, or whether we're talking about there being two offices ordained for the church in the scriptures, um, that all those things become distinctively Baptist because we take them from the scriptures. And for us, that means not only do we believe these things are right for Baptists, mm-hmm. but I think to your point, we believe these things are right for everyone. Right. And we believe we as Baptists are right about this, right. but we think everybody else should be doing it this way too. I, and I thinking would, about I would absolutely too. concur with that, agree with that, absolutely, yeah. Um, so, so talk to me, uh, I guess, a little bit more about um, that biblical basis. What, what sorts of ideas, specific ideas from Scripture, whether that's specific text or, or whatever else, uh, lend themselves to this understanding that there is this distinction uh, between church and yeah. state? I, I, think there, I think, one, we have to be informed biblically about who we are as believers. But more importantly, I'd go back to uh, something along the lines of, of who we are as human beings. Uh, that we're created in the image of God. Those things are important. Though, having having a biblical anthropology is incredibly important, and understanding issues as they relate to to how we're to interact with one another, issues around abortion, uh, around the respect for human life and human dignity. Those are important issues that we have to have our a biblical understanding and frame, framework around, so that when we encounter specific policies, we're engaging in those policies from a biblical perspective. So I, I think probably, um, and again, you wrote the book on this, so so tell me you know, where I'm coming at this wrong, but um, I, you probably, I would think, got sort of two major attacks against what we would say is this biblical view of separation of church and state, uh, wherein the governing bodies, governing entities, governing powers are not to exercise... Uh, Authority uh, outside their sphere. Okay. Absolutely. Um, so the two, I guess, uh, the, the attacks from two different directions would probably then come from worldviews that would see um, the, that the state should be more encroaching on those things. Right. So worldviews on this side. And then maybe on this side, and maybe that binary way isn't the best way of thinking about it, but maybe from the other direction, sort of a popular American culture uh, understanding of separation of church and state, where maybe the the emphasis is on the wrong syllable, as mm-hmm, it were, mm-hmm. where it's more about protecting the government from the church than the other way around. Right. Um, are, are those the two biggest dangers you see? What's the difference between those? Talk, yeah, talk a little no, about I, that. I I don't. I, I think those are those are good ways to kind of look at. It. I think the bigger danger actually is in a lack of understanding by the average Christian as to what the Bible actually says about particular issues. And so what ends up happening is we end up we end up uh, falling prey to worldly ideologies, right? Ideas that like CRT, ideas uh, about human life and dignity that, that, that contradict what Scripture actually says about life. And so what you have here is not, I mean, I think those the issues that you kind of framed up. Hey, on the one end you've got you've got government encroaching upon issues regarding the state. On the other end, you've got the state, the the, the church trying to say, hey, here's where we belong. Come here, go no further. Uh, I think the bigger issue is that more times than not, Christians don't know 
what their Bible actually says about particular issues. And so they're running into issues and challenges and problems. I'll give you a quick example as I'm just kind of thinking about it. Um, when, when you look at what took place out, uh, out in California uh, with regard to um, uh, our, our, our friend John MacArthur, uh, what happened at Grace Community Church, uh, government began to encroach upon what church was able to do or supposed to do. Uh, church is definitely governed not by the state and the state's edicts and mandates, but it is governed by Christ. And so it was an opportunity for, for that church in particular to understand what the Bible said uh, and to take a stand upon those things and say, you know, the state has a, has a role and responsibility from a standpoint of public health, but it, 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 it remains here and goes no further. And as a result, we're, we're going to push back against those ideas. What was most impressive about that was the stand that was taken. What was challenging about watching that whole thing unfold were believers mm. that did not know their Bible, didn't understand the, the, the nature of, of ecclesiology, of, of, of who Christ is in his reign and rule over the church, and how they would come out in the social media space and, 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 and be antagonist to what right. MacArthur and others were trying to do in that, in that regard. And so I, I think the bigger issue, again, I, 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 I don't disagree with the way that you've kind of set up kind of kind of the dichotomy of hey here's the here's the the uh, the government here's what they're trying to do uh, should we be mindful of that absolutely the church here's where we are, are trying to go and go no further but more importantly i think the average person in the pew has yet to pick up their bible and really begin to analyze just some of the nature of the issues that that you bring up as 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 baptist distinctives okay so so then um see what question I want to ask next. You, you mentioned uh, JMAC, which of course is going to make me think of, and, and the the response on Twitter and those sure. sorts of things. Well, the first thing I think of, especially since we already had a conversation about this before we uh, started recording, was the lack of, um, not only as you said, the lack of of enough believers coming in support of that, sure. uh, but you know, as Southern Baptists, the uh, lack of the uh, you know, we have an entity that's kind of made for that, and I think we talked about that on a couple of episodes. We have an entity that's you know charged with doing precisely that, speaking into those kinds of issues, and we uh, we didn't. But uh, we've recorded on that, and Heath has given me the signal that it might my my. my snarkometer is getting a little too high so um, we'll uh, we'll go on to a move on to a different subject a different question sure um, w- would you then say um, that that a lot of the issue is that um, the average Christian is taking their cues more from those governing powers than they are from their Bible is that is that yeah I, I think yes and no I mean yes they're taking cues from culture Right. Okay. They're taking cues from from what they're seeing in culture. And, and I, I, I argue that two things have impacted that one is uh, the pragmatism of of the of the church. Right. What we've done is we've 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 neglected a biblical standard. We've neglected a biblical framework for how we do worship uh, to how 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 preaching takes place. We kind of talked about that a little bit. Uh, every aspect of, of worship is impacted by a pragmatic approach. Well, I could I should only preach this long and go no further. Uh, I, I should only do I should I should make sure worship sounds like this so people can come in. So that's been a part of the a part of the approach. And then the second thing is sentimentalism. Mm-hmm. Sentimentalism has impacted the church to the degree that we we. 
we care about what we call heart issues. Okay, if someone has a, a story that's more that, that's bigger, louder, sadder mm-hmm. than the next person, then that's where the focus goes rather than opening up our Bible and really anchoring ourselves in the word of God. What that kind of environment creates is what is is what's happening uh, in culture. Culture begins to show up and say, here's what you should care about. Black lives should matter. Here's what you should care about. This issue should matter. Here's what you should care about. You should care about a mother who wants to murder her baby in the womb. Why? Because the mother's situation is worse. We don't really hear the story of the child in the womb. Why? Because it's not really an entity as of yet. But the idea behind and that's what that that's the argument that's being right. made. But but what's really at play here is is the mother whose condition is harsh and her situation is tough. We don't really want to use words like murder to characterize her. Well, we've bought into pragmatism and sentimentalism, and as a result of that, what we're seeing happening is 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 church goers who are leaning into what they're seeing in culture more than what they're I, I would argue that the average person who hears um, you know name your favorite um, politician they're probably not listening to that person mm-hmm. right they're probably not taking their cues from the president of the United States regardless of who that may be mm-hmm. what they're taking their cues from are the people in their circle of influence and sphere and those people have been infected by the pragmatism and the sentimentalism that I talked about in their church setting. And as a result, they're leaning into that and, and really going the way of the culture. Mm-hmm. So let me back up to j situation again. You okay. talked about um, knowing and knowing from the scripture, where do I draw that line mm-hmm. that says this far and no further? Sure. Um, are there certain things that, that you would see as cues or clues that say, uh, this is as far as the government gets to go and no farther. Right. This is where the state or where the church has jurisdiction and, and the state doesn't. Yeah. Are, are there? Are, I know sometimes we talk a lot about gray area, but sure. when we're talking about the Bible, a lot of times we're talking in terms of hard lines, clear boundaries. Sure. Uh, what are some of those? No, I think I think that's a great question. I think what you're having to look at initially is is am I being asked to do something sinful, hmm. right? Is the government asking me to do something sinful? That would be a hard line. I'm not going to do that. That's sinful for me to do. I think let's, let's use the example of, of John MacArthur and that process that they walked through. Um, they really, as elders, as an elder body, had to look at Romans 13 and unpack that and go, what, is, what does this mean and how far does it extend? What's the sphere of government's influence and what is ours? And what they did was they, they not only looked biblically at what, what you know where government was encroaching upon their freedom to, uh, to worship God in the manner in which they saw fit, but they also had to look at, okay, what, what's, what, what's the science behind this? Because initially the response was, okay, they told us to shut down our church. Let's obey the government. Let's shut down our church. And then over time, they began to look at, let's, let's examine the data, and then let's, let's look at, okay, we, we did this based upon not knowing anything, not knowing what the outcomes were, not knowing what the situation was. And then they evaluated that, that condition moving forward and said, wait a minute, this is overreach, and here's how and why. And then ultimately, the Constitution actually validated that stand. The beauty of what I loved about what happened uh, at, in, in, uh, at Grace Community Church was, it, it, whatever the Constitution said was irrelevant to the stand they were going to take. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. They were going to take their stand based upon how they understood Scripture. Right. Uh, and who indeed was, was Lord and King over the church, mm. and that is Christ. And as a result of that, they took the stand, and, and even uh, even uh, John MacArthur would ha- had, had the audacity to say, if they put me in jail, guess what? I'll start a ministry in jail. Right. Uh, being willing to take those kinds of stands. And again, I to the to the the point you raised, I don't think every issue 
is is that black and white? Mm-hmm. I think there are some things that 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 may run into the issue of is is my conscience violated? Right? Uh, you, you talk about about mask mandates or vaccine mandates. Is my conscience being violated? And if so, how is it that government is going to tell me to put something in my arm that's foreign? That's a foreign substance, uh, and 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 I have to obey that. You know. And, and again, churches have got to make decisions about what they do and don't do. This we're we're watching this play out, yeah. aren't we? I mean, we're watching different church leaders and pastors address this differently mm-hmm. right um, and folks having to deal with with where they stand as a result yeah I, you know I think we I think we have to allow for and we've gotten really bad at um, thinking carefully through those sorts of issues mm-hmm. um, I agree whether it's yeah. vaccine maintenance or whatever else you know you think about uh, you can make a very strong biblical case for going to get the vaccine but not being okay with vaccine mandates. Absolutely. I think you've seen a lot of Absolutely. pastors take that stand. Absolutely. Um, but I think in our current cultural climate, you had better pick a team and stay with it. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that goes back to, I think, the, the original point you, you were making is that people have forgotten how to open their Bibles, sure. read, think for themselves, reason carefully through these things. Yeah. It's just figure out where your team stands, yeah. and you better not leave your team. Yeah, add to that, though, the—, the, the uh, yeah, it is. Add to that, though, the, the cultural, even the church climate that, that we're in where, uh, you know, you've got winners and losers. You've got the, mm. the tribalism that takes right. place. So you either for a team or against this. There's there's no kind of middle ground. And again, I, I, I recognize the need to, to, to make a statement and be hard, stand on, on harsh truths. I, I love what you just raised. I could make a biblical case for taking a vaccine, but not for a vaccine mandate. I think that's a, I think that's a brilliant way to couch some things for people. But but even in that. You recognize that even that statement alone yep. uh, has some people going, "What? You, yeah. you mean you'd make a biblical case for facts? That's no way I'd do that." You know, you, you yeah, it probably gained me some listeners and lost me some. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, I quit listening. Right. <laughs> um, so. I, I I like that that you raised, and I think this is really important. I think a you know a lot of times um, this Baptist distinctive in particular gets accused of being purely American, sure. this idea of the separation of church and state. Mm. Uh, and, and it is, um, by the grace of God, sure. the, the situation in which we find ourselves as of now. And we've seen some overreach and sure. we've seen some reaction to some of that. But again, by the grace of God, we, we still live and pray to continue to live in a place where we see this separation of church and state as a reality sure. uh, in, in the world in which we live, the nation in which we live. Um, but our foundation for our belief about separation of church and state isn't the American Constitution. Right. It's nice backup to right. have, right. but our foundation is biblical. Right. Um, and, and I think, right. you know, again, to talk about Baptist distinctives, that's true of all of these things. Yeah. And, and, and there, too, um, I think it, it, it then is helpful to say or important to say, uh, maybe, um, that— while we believe this is true and good the way this is here, and we can talk about places for improvement in separation of church and state and what that means for us right now, we also believe this to be the ideal, as you said, to reflect the kingdom around the world. Sure. We, w- we would that every nation would operate uh, in that kind of way and that ours would do it even better in sure. a more biblical I, way. I, I don't disagree. I think what you said is great. We enjoy the protections that the Constitution provides mm-hmm. from a standpoint of, of 
freedom of speech, uh, peaceable assembly, and those kinds of ideas that allow us to, to convene as a, as a church. Um, and, and then with regard to the encroachment of, of government upon the church's sphere, there, is, there, is, there are those separations that, that, that are in place that are uniquely American. At the same time, around the world, what we see are, are, are people who hold to a biblical worldview, that hold to scripture, who are willing to stand even to the point of death. And I think the, the climate that we're in is going to require more and more of us as believers uh, to, to really embrace the idea of a, of a, uh, of a faith that, that can endure death. Uh, uh, the, the idea that we're going to be willing to stand regardless of what comes. Uh, the, the idea that we're going to say, you know what? this far and no further, even to the point of death. We have to have a doctrine of suffering that is able to withstand the persecution that's coming. Yeah. Well, and I think I think maybe what we've sadly seen a lot of in the past year and a half uh, to two years, maybe even uh, realistically even longer than that, but mm-hmm. it's sort of come to a head in sure. the last year and a half to two years, uh, is a preference to move the line backward right. instead of to stand firmly on the line. Yeah. But is that... Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, you've seen that with the with, with I mean, initially this whole, you know, pandemic thing was supposed to be, you know, 15 days to slow the curve. Right. I mean, here we are close to two years later and we still got people wearing masks. It's and the longest 15 days I've ever It's the longest endured. 15 days. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the 15 days has lasted two years. And so you, you've, you're dealing with those kinds of encroachments that are slow in their process. And so what it causes is, it, it, you know, it's, it's the idea of the of, of the frog in the warm pond. Mm. Right. It, things get warmer and warmer and you n- never realize it, that the frog's actually in boiling water. And we've watched that happen over time. I mean, the last two years has been emblematic of it, but, but we've seen that even over the course of the last 30, 50 years or so. Absolutely. So what questions am I not asking you? What's what's burning in your mind when you think about separation of church and state that I haven't asked you about? I, I mean, I, I don't know that there, there is any. I, I would just encourage people to go grab our book. For sure. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't want to give it away. We want you to go buy the book. So don't don't give away the book. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, I, I think I think these are I, I'm, I'm appreciative of the fact that that you had a podcast that you addressed these issues. I can't think of a more important time. Uh, in culture where, where statism is 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 in vogue, uh, where folks where we're witnessing the state, the federal government in particular, encroach upon the rights of so many people, mm. um, not just folks who are in church, but um, people in general. Right. And we're and we need to begin to biblically undertake an understanding about where we stand as these things unfold. And it, it's got to be more than just a Twitter debate. Right. Uh, it's got to be more than just what happens on Facebook over the course of the, an afternoon where you feel like you scored some points on your friends and you pat yourself on the back mm-hmm. and walk out. Uh, we've got to be willing to say, hey, th- those are th- there's some issues that I need to begin thinking about. And maybe I need to go and talk to my elders about that. Maybe I need to, where do we stand as a church on some of these issues? And what kind of protections do I have at, at church or, or, or for, for what I'm dealing with? at work people are losing their jobs on the basis of the fact that they don't that you know that they're not willing to get a, a vaccine and, and so those issues need to be addressed it's it's crazy I, I never thought I'd know more about vaccine mandates uh, and the like during this time than any other time in my life whoever thought whoever would have thought that that we would be learning about these things but that's the that's the reality in which it was kind of like it's kind of like CRT 
uh, five years ago, three years ago, would you, would you have ever thought that you would know as much about critical race theory as you currently do on the basis of what we're seeing in culture? Well, it's here. We need to open our Bible and examine what Scripture has to say about these issues. And I think that's, I think that's a really important thing um, for us to say as well. A lot of times pastors will get accused of, and even by other pastors, uh, of, well, you're, getting, you're being too political sure. if you talk about such things. But, um, you know, again, to, to go back to, I guess, the root of the conversation, um, we believe that separation of church and state is, is we, we hold it as a Baptist distinctive because we don't believe it is a political issue. We right. believe it is a biblical issue. And I know, Heath, you already, you already said everything's a gospel issue now. Right. Uh, and so I wouldn't say it's a gospel issue, but it is clearly a biblical issue. It right. is a matter of, and it's an, a clear implication of your biblical worldview. Right. Yeah. And so it's not just something you can say, oh, well, that's politics, right. and, and I'll worry about biblical stuff on this side. Right. It, it comes from your biblical worldview, and it, it's an outplaying it, of that. It does. Your biblical worldview informs all that. I, my, my dear friend, uh, Allie Beth Stuckey, I was listening to her the other day, and she was talking about how politics impacts policy, and policy impacts people. Mm-hmm. And so if we think about that as, a, as kind of a thread, hey, here, here are the politics of the day, and, and they may be you know, right or left-leaning or what have you, but they're informed by someone's worldview. Uh, regardless of whether you think it's it's a biblical one or not, there's a there, there's there's the uh, you know the, the culture's uh, humanistic worldview, uh, the secular humanistic worldview that's informing them for what they're doing. So it's important for Christians to have a biblical worldview. But all those issues of worldview impact politics, and politics impacts policy. Policy impacts people, and where we are uh, in, in in the chain of that, we we've, we've got to be informed. Absolutely. Well, Virgil, thank you again for for showing up. I know this is a lot shorter than an episode of Just Thinking. Yeah, probably man, feels like we're just three getting warmed hours, up. Yeah, man. I just got comfortable, <laughs> man. <Yeah. laughs> but we're uh, we, we want you to save your voice for tonight sure. and then sort of let the congregation have it. So uh, we're we're excited to hear from you uh, in a little bit. And uh, Say thank it a you. Good way, right? Yeah, for let sure. Let the congregation have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Not like you did. <laughs> Don't start with me about my associational address, okay? Uh, that's a that's another topic for another another episode. But again, thank you for being with us. Thanks for being with us for revival. We enjoyed having you on, and uh, let's uh, let's do it again. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks All for right. having me. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>